Welcome back to another episode of A Question of Code, a podcast aimed at those people who are looking to transition into the world of tech, who are learning to code, learning how to become front-end or back-end developers. Uh, and when I'm behind the wheel, it's generally more focused on front-end, I must confess. Um, well, yeah, so it's great to have you with us. Uh, this week, we're continuing our journey through the, the myriad bits of wisdom that have been given to us by our guests over the past few weeks. In case you missed it, we've been lucky enough to have some fantastic guests over the run of the show, and we're diving into some of the top tips that they've given us, because at the end of every interview, we ask our guest for their three top tips for people who are, hopefully, maybe like you, listener, transitioning into the world of code, and that some of the tips have been fantastic. In fact, all of them have been fantastic, and there's been some repeated themes, so some bits of advice that crop up again and again that it's definitely worth revisiting. So this week we're looking at a kind of loosely tied together collection of bits of advice around the theme of, of pragmatism and being pragmatic with your learning and having a good idea of, of what you're doing and where you're going. We can start with a piece of advice from Jeremy Walker, who's one of the uh, mega brains behind the Exorcism IO learning platform. And he had some really interesting things to say about why you should focus on learning the fundamentals and why Exorcism as a platform doesn't include frameworks and libraries as things that you can learn there. Exorcism focuses on teaching a language. So you can't learn like React or um, like some other funky framework or Rails or something on on exorcism we are focused purely on getting your language skills like good and there's a, a totally natural tendency when you're learning something for the first time to be able to want to make a product or want to make a something whatever and so you're going to use libraries you're going to use all of these different things and that's great that's brilliant like as a first-time programmer or as anyone you want to be experimenting having fun but your progression is not going to come through getting good at the latest library. Your progression is going to come through understanding what's happening under the hood. Because at some point you'll hit a problem and your ability to solve that problem will, will come from whether you have a conceptual understanding of what's happening in that language and how that language works, not how well you know all the method calls in a library. And so whether it's exorcism or something else... Find something where you're you're developing core language skills, where you're learning how developers in that language think, um, and where you're um, where you're building a conceptual model of how things work. When faced with the challenge of coming up with three top tips to give to people who are learning how to be developers, uh, our guests went in some quite different directions uh, in terms of their approach. Some, like Jeremy, as we've just heard, uh, talked, at, talked at length and had quite a lot to say and, and, and covered, covered quite a lot of ground, whereas some other people uh, had taken a bit of time to really focus and distill their advice. Um, so they were quite sort of snappy mantras almost. So now we're going to dive into a couple of shorter but no less valuable bits of advice on this theme of pragmatism and the things that you should learn at the very beginning of your journey, starting with this bit of wisdom from Amber Wilson. So as a developer, it's a good thing to remember that you will always be learning. <laughs> like the learning will never stop. Um, there'll always be something new, whether it's something, you know, that's been established in the web world for a long time or or a brand new thing that's come along in the web world, like there'll always be something to learn. It's good to be comfortable with the knowledge that you'll never know everything. <laughs> There's not a single developer that knows everything. 
And that is, of course, very true. And it it goes hand in hand, I think, with this bit of advice from Ellie Schutz, who says what a lot of developers kind of know deep in their hearts, which is that the majority of the job is debugging. So you're always going to be learning, but you're also always going to have to be dealing with bugs. You should practice the skill of troubleshooting, especially via Google. Um, you laugh, but I spend so much of my job Googling things. And I think that's such an important muscle to flex in a technical context to be able to say, okay, I have a problem. And before I go, just ask someone about it. I want to try to Google it and read up on it and solve it on my own. And then you start sort of identifying like which code is more copy-pastable than other code. It's a long-standing joke that like, the majority of our work life is spent copying and pasting things, but learning how to do that pragmatically and how to sort of take the good bits and adapt um, is a very, very, very valuable skill. Um, and so to bring us back to the topic of sort of how we started with uh, Jeremy Walker talking about learning languages, um, Michael Kennedy, who has his own learning resources, had a lot to say about the state of, of online learning and where you can actually, like, how easy it is now to get started and to begin learning without the structures of a university or an official course. You can just do it by yourself. There's a bunch of online courses, like, you know, put my stuff aside, like there's there's just it is a time unlike ever before that you can go spend a week and 50 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever it is and come out the other side with a new capability, right? Like when I learned programming, it was go to the bookstore, go down the list of these big books, grab a book and, you know, slowly make your way through it. And with, if you got stuck too bad, (laughs) you know, like there's, (laughs) Maybe there was Usenet or, or something like that. But generally speaking, you were just out there on your own. So now there's these amazing communities. You can get uh, courses online where people are, it's much, much more, you can see it in action and follow along and, and whatnot. So you don't have to get a CS degree to be a programmer. I don't have a CS degree. I, I've been doing okay for 25 years. <laughs> uh, sounds like Tom, you didn't start with the CS side, nope, or either you that. Nope. Uh, no, I used to be a music teacher. So. Right on, man. Yeah. So the really nice thing about the tech space is people don't ask you, you know, what's your master's degree in? Maybe you can work in that part of it. It's show me your GitHub profile. What have you built like this? Can you demonstrate that you could build the thing that we need you to build? If the answer is yes. That's 90% of the way there, right? It's not very based on credentials and, and formal certificates. And that means you can make that path as you see fit. And that's a message that particularly as a, as a self-taught person myself, and I know certainly Ed feels the same being self-taught as he is, um, that being able to do it yourself is so empowering. It's a fantastic, fantastic state of the world to be in. And we are all, I think, certainly if we have the the privilege of, of access to the internet and a little bit of disposable income it's a, you're in it you've got those two things and a computer you're in a fantastic position to really sort of make something of yourself in the world of code and we're going to close out now by returning to jeremy walker who as you remember at the beginning was talking about learning the fundamentals of a language um, rather than focusing on and getting distracted by trendy frameworks and libraries um, and he also had another fantastic piece of advice that ties in really well to the theme of this episode which is to not just learn a single language 
to use like the analogy of of children learning natural language like you want a small child or actually a better one is sport so they say for the 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 best sports people in the world all like none of them specialized early like like any professional sports person was good at multiple sports at the age of 10 12 14 like most top top people it wasn't until they got to like university where they could have chosen to become a pro basketball player or pro baseball player or pro NFL. They could have done any of those three because they were so good at all of them. And, you know, they say the reason for this is like the eye hand coordination, the teamwork, all of those different aspects in those different things. And programming is the same. When you're learning to program, you're learning, you're learning naturally to program in the language that you're being taught in. And one of the biggest problems I think people face with the learning to program is that you're both learning to program and you're learning a language at the same time. And they're two very distinct skills. But by the fact that you're learning to program via a language, you're, you conflate those two sets of things into one. You think that programming is Python or you think that programming is JavaScript. And so by, by putting yourself in that very narrow situation, you you very, very strongly limit how you think. And you'll find it increasingly difficult as time goes on to open your eyes to other paradigms and other things. And you will definitely want to do that. If you want to be a full-stack web developer, you know, you need to understand probably more than one language. And you definitely need to understand lots of different paradigms. Um, And at some point in your career, if you're going to be a software developer, you're going to want to sort of, you know, move from this specialty to this specialty to this. That's half the fun. And so... Like, sure, have your language that you're focusing on. Like, choose the thing that you're getting good on. Definitely, you need that because it's a career. It's something you want to you want to get started quickly. But find two or three languages that are totally different. Like, like try Rust. Like, which is like it's not it's not going to be what uh, it's very unlikely that if you're starting out, you're starting <laughs> with Rust. Although there are a huge amount of beginners. It's weirdly it's like a hugely popular among beginners. But, um, but but. It, it's it's un, you know it's not you're not going to make a website generally in Rust. I know you can do for those pedants listening to me who want to argue this, but you're <laughs> unlikely to be using Rust to build your first website. And then and then try like Prolog, like which is totally different and absolutely awesome. I've had more fun programming Prolog than any other language ever. I've not I've got zero practical use for it, um, but it totally makes you think about how how programming works differently, um, and so. Um, find a resource exism has 53 languages i think um you know there are other resources out there that are great as well but go and just solve some problems in some other languages and try and work out how to write prologue like a prologue developer and try and work out how to write rust like a rust developer don't just learn the language learn how those those developers think differently and in doing so, you're so much more likely to advance your career quickly, not because of your skills that you can put on a piece of paper. No one's going to hire you because you get a prologue, probably. Um, but because you can think differently, you're going you're gonna to th- approach problems in different ways. And I also think you'll find a lot more joy in your coding and in your, in your career if you are constantly treating programming as a fun game that you are really lucky to get paid for and that luck is something i try and uh, remind myself of on a regular basis particularly as you know the bugs pile up and the pressure is on it, it, sometimes it can you know it could feel like a job but at, at its absolute worst i always remember how how lucky i am to be able to do this as a job um, and you know, to be paid to do something that i 
actively enjoy doing day to day. It is just wonderful. Um, So on that happy note, I'm going to close out the episode. Thanks again for listening. It really does mean a lot to have you here with us. Um, And if you want to get in touch, you can find all the ways to get in touch with us on our website, which is aqoc.dev or aquestionofcode.com. We're also on Twitter at aqocode. um, And you you can find us. You're you're smart people. You're savvy internet users. Um, So I'll just say thanks for listening and see you next time. Goodbye. (music) Thank <music> you.